we'd like to formally announce a slice of gaming podcast has finally been acquired by Microsoft after two long years. Welcome to a slice of gaming podcast for October 13th, 2023. And we'd like to thank you for giving a slice of your time to a slice of gaming podcast. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Rest in Peace, and Audible. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at a slice of gaming. Uh, so we got got like the big news article this week uh, that we'll get to. I'm sure that will be the first thing on the docket that we'll get to. So we'll talk about that when we get there. But I don't know anymore. So we're just going to move on to the intros because I completely lost my train of thought. Anyway. Uh, so let's get to the intro of... Follow us on Twitter. And I said that. Anime. No, you didn't. I didn't say the anime part, but I did it say the did. Twitter part. Anyway, it's your choom already here. It's Bench. Bench just died this afterwards. Is a horrible podcast. <laughs> Hello. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I like cut out for a quick second, but yeah. Oh, this is going great. All right. Hunting for that wonderflower seed. It's Wolf. We talked over my intro. All right, what's up? And deciphering the lies of P that have been told, it's dark. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and your local elephant peach admirer, it's Jat. Hello, hello. One week left. Oh, are you talking about Spider-Man? I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> Mario is the same day as Spider-Man. True, yeah, Mario too, yeah. 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 Um, and then, even though he's not here today, we want to wish our local Ubisoft-loving and Silksong-believing fusion... A good happy birthday today. Happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Fusion. Birthday. <laughs> All right. The, the, uh, this one's for you, Fusion. <laughs> this one's for you. We dedicate the episode to Fusion. And, of course, the, the podcast that started off horribly is the one that's dedicated to. All right. Well, let's get on over to... Um, so let's just move on Wolf. over to the news. <laughs> yes, Wolf. Wolf with the news. I'm trying to read chat to my brain cannot operate both at the same time. It's okay, man. You're Move trying. on yeah, over. This, to this, this is our first podcast. Uh, so yeah, uh, like Moon said, the certain big acquisition happened. Something that's been in the works for <laughs> quite a long time. Uh, Two 20 years months. now. 20, 20 months. months, exactly. 20 months of legal proceedings, of hearing about bullshit from the FTC, the CMA, a lot of like skepticism. Jim Ryan taking the stand, but we're here. We made and it. Then immediately leaving the, afterwards. We made it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel act, real. The Activision Blizzard deal is complete. I got this from Tom Warren over at The Verge. Microsoft completes Activision Blizzard acquisition. Call of Duty now part of Xbox. Microsoft has finalized its $68.7 billion deal to acquire Activision Blizzard, the publisher of Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Diablo. The Verge exclusively reported last week that Microsoft was planning to close today, and now it's official. The acquisition required 20 months of battles with regulators in the UK and US, but Microsoft has closed its Activision Blizzard deal after de defeating... I love the way he words this, after defeating the Federal Trade Commission, like they're a fucking doom enemy or something <laughs> but yes in a u.s federal court and restructuring the deal to appease the competition and markets authorities aka the cma in the uk uh phil spencer actually tweeted this out this is in the article uh, today is a good day to play. We officially welcome Activision Blizzard King to Team Xbox. Together we'll create stories and experiences that bring players together in a culture empowering everyone to do their best work and celebrate diverse perspectives. So obviously we're, I think our first reaction is, oh, thank God. 
I feel like even it's if over. you, even Finally. if you were opposed to the deal, if you were for the deal, everyone can agree on one thing: this took way too fucking long, to the point of us thinking that it started affecting both PlayStation and Xbox's plans for releases. That's how ridiculous it got. But we are here. We made it. What's our initial reactions? Well, actually, I have some thoughts on the overall announcement of the deal and just the overall processes. Microsoft is, like, very good at turning consumers to their side. They had a hype trailer for a company acquisition, which I thought was very weird. I didn't that. That's so stupid. It was like a Jeff it was a Jeff Keighley esque hype trailer as well. Like it, he could have edited. That's it, right. Like, we are Call of Duty. I'm like, okay, guys. Like, <laughs> and then you have to keep him. I'm not bad for cutting you off. But uh, you have to keep him. Yeah, like, I mean, most people don't like, really know that this is going on. So the trailer is more for them than for us. I mean, I booted up my Xbox today. I saw they acquire Activision Blizzard King. First thing I see when I boot up the Xbox. Really? Is it? Is I mean, it there? It's just, yeah. It's there. I did not Why? see that. Hold on, I played <laughs> Fortnite earlier. I did not see it there. Hold on, I'm going to put oh, it on my Xbox now. it was there for me. It was on the homepage. I mean... When did and you guys then, boot up your Xbox? Just... Trailer, it's... I'm playing it right now, bro. I don't see the shit. It's well, I didn't turn on my Xbox Activision. today. I'm a funny pony. <laughs> Activision Blizzard King plus you. Plus you. Plus me. Plus you. We've been acquired. Yeah, this so we've all been acquired by Microsoft. Well, I'm super happy the deal runs off, and it's happened all throughout the deal. Microsoft using their more of a happy face kind of turned consumers onto their side, and for them, it obviously worked. I don't know, just looking at it at the big picture, and especially as how they're handling the announcement of the deal, it's just a little weird, if you ask me. It's just them taking their victory lap. I mean, after yeah, I 20 guess, months, yeah. I feel like they're just like, guys, guys, it's over. Like, this yeah. is it. Like, they really. They want people to view this deal as a good thing, like without any like fear of like market consolidation, which is like a lot of the fears of people when it was first announced. Now they're like, hey, guys, don't worry. You know, like we're adding all these games to Game Pass, most likely like no official word on like what games will be added to Game Pass. You know, it's probably going to happen this weekend. I think we can all assume that like some games yeah. will be added eventually. I mean, there were people who were like, oh, yeah, as soon as it drops, they're going to do the first wave like. The next morning, I went to bed last night thinking I'm going to wake up. It's like it's Christmas morning. There's going to be a bunch of EA titles on Game Pass. Nah. Nope, nothing was there. What EA? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hang on. Wrong company. Wrong company. Uh, yeah, wrong company. Yeah. Activision. Sorry. Yeah, two days. I, get, I get EA and Activision yeah. mixed up a lot. Well, the deal oh, yeah, also didn't close until like 9 this morning, so it's not like it closed during the night. But I, I'm also curious yeah. if they're going to – like, will we get a roundtable and will we get games this weekend is the big question. Because I don't, I don't think know. So. There was that tweet I from, I can't remember who weekend. it was, but they said, we're going to start working on getting games on Game Pass in the following months. So, well, yeah, because the fact that's, that, that, that's probably just like, they're going to do waves. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. If Proto- I don't think I'm the first wave Proto- is going to be until like November, December. I'm just saying, if Prototype is in the first wave, that would be really funny. Like, that's the only game they put on Game Pass. Like, let's just think about that. That would be pretty funny, right? And just one, not two. Okay, guys. So you know, I think I, I thought it's funny. <laughs> like, I think it would be really funny if Prototype was the only game they added. But uh, I'm speaking of on games, the side, I'm leaning on the side we don't get games for the next couple weeks on for them. I think it's not going to be as fast, and hopefully we get a roundtable because I really like that from um, well at Blizzard. I mean, there are two. 
there are two games that we know that we aren't going to be getting, or we are getting, we don't know for sure. Uh, Activision Blizzard actually tweeted this out themselves. Uh, this wasn't before the deal closing, I should mention, October 9th or so earlier this week. Uh, it's awesome to see anticipation building for Call of Duty and Modern Warfare 3. As we continue to work towards regulatory approval of the Microsoft deal, we've been getting some questions whether our upcoming and recently launched games will be available via Game Pass. While we do not have plans to put Modern Warfare 3 or Diablo 4 into Game Pass this year, you know, specifically singling out those two games, once the deal closes, we expect to start working with Xbox to bring our titles to more players around the world, and we anticipate that we will begin adding games into Game Pass sometime in the course of next year. So Call of Duty, I'm not too surprised about. That still has the PlayStation marketing deal, so I think they kind of want to like that. That's probably going to hold out for a little longer. Uh, Diablo, I'm actually a little surprised about. I feel like they would have like kind of put that on as like a big, hey, look, Diablo 4. You know, th- this is a game that released this year now on Game Pass. But I think well, about that. Like, yeah, yeah they, really they tweeted this. I mean, they also tweeted this before the deal closed. Yeah, Xbox so, I mean, has control yeah. Make any decision they want now. They can do whatever they feel like. Like with Diablo. I don't. Well, I don't think. I think Diablo Four will end up on Game Pass by the end of this year. Maybe it'll be really late towards the Christmas time to get those X Christmas Xbox Christmas gifts. Just like you boot it up in Game Pass, you get like Diablo and stuff. And other games, I don't know if Call of Duty will end up, but I'm pretty confident that Diablo could end up on Game Pass this year. Are you, are so you Call of Duty Bobby legally cannot come on. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. No, Call of Duty legally know. can't because of the Maybe. PlayStation deal, but there's nothing blocking Diablo. Yeah, exactly. That's just Activision talking. But now Activision doesn't have a say because Phil owns everything. So. Well, there is it's all the help I can get, so... <laughs> that game they can wait until, itself. like, Black Friday's over. They can wait until Black yeah. Friday is over and then like put it early December. Oh yeah, that's like the the sneaky move to do there. It's like get as much money as you can from people buying it on like Black Friday deals, and then be like two weeks later, oh yeah, Diablo Four is now on Game Pass. Merry Christmas, like, everyone! A, yeah, you have a new season announced at like the Game Awards, and it says Game Pass on the side or whatever. That sounds like a big brain marketing stunt. I'm for it. Uh, interesting. So. We mentioned Bobby Kotick earlier, uh, and we all assumed that Bobby Kotick would immediately leave, you know, good riddance type deal. But we learned this. Uh, Where 64 had this. Bobby Kotick sent an open letter to the community, but the major quote here uh, from Bobby Kotick, Phil has asked me to stay on as CEO of Activision Blizzard King, reporting to him, and we have agreed that I will do that through the end of 2023 so very much by january 1st phil gets into his office it's like okay you can leave now <laughs> get out here's your box <laughs> so yeah it, it, we actually knew before that like, he was contracted to stay until like april of next year before like his contract yeah, renewed so phil's actually shorting yeah. it yeah so i like the calendar year not the fiscal year which is like almost no business actually at least big businesses don't operate by the calendar well, year, which i don't know why yeah. that's, it's cut like it this. could it could be that like he does wait until april of the next year but like for now he's like for certain you know right now it will be the end of this calendar year like he will be staying there and then maybe like he doesn't fully leave until like mid-february or something like i don't think that's set in stone he is getting the fattest golden parachute I've ever seen. I think it was the numbers was insane. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he is getting four hundred amount of money. Yeah. Where's he gonna million. put that money? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he gonna put it? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Get rid of it. Let's get rid of him. 
one. Like no, no one is really a big fan of Bobby Kotick, except apparently James Corden. <laughs> As this was an interesting story that also broke uh, earlier this week, actually uh, last updated a day ago. Uh, this comes from Jez Corden at Windows Central. Windows Central uh, exclusive ahead of Xbox's acquisition. Activision's Bobby Kotick discussed Microsoft Elon Musk's Neuralink and hinted at a Guitar Hero revival in this leaked interview. Uh, the, he and just kind of puts a nice little uh, bullet points of everything. Uh, sources familiar with the event sh- recently shared with us a glimpse at an internal town hall meeting between Activision CEO Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard employees. Hosted by James Corden, <laughs> Kotick fielded a range of questions and offered some insights into the future of Activision. Okay, before we get into the rest of this, was James Corden the first person you were expecting? Because I'll be honest, that's not who I was expecting in this interview. Yeah. Man needs yeah. work. He doesn't have his late show anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's weird. Like, yeah, if we go to James Corden, or like, what's next? He's gonna go to Hot Ones, eat some wings while talking about this. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, James Corden is like, hey, I guess, like, you know, if you want someone talentless, sure, James Corden is perfect. <laughs> I don't know why they went with him. Uh, moving on. Microsoft is planning to acquire Activision Blizzard King in a blockbuster $72 billion deal that has faced intense regulatory scrutiny. We already know that happened. But this is the interesting thing. Uh, both Kotick and Corden were coy about the current status of the deal, which is widely regarded to close as soon as this Friday, pending UK approval. And then while discussing Microsoft, Kotick lauded the firm's resources, cloud server tech, and technological research arm. He also name-checked Guitar Hero, strongly hinting that the game could be on the docket for a revival i'll just ask right off the bat over under guitar hero coming back over because phil mentioned um, under a while back so they're gonna try maybe. it out i feel like they would be it, it's too big of an ip they're gonna try they're gonna try I mean, they did try it once they didn't try it. i don't know how they're gonna implement they it they make it live yeah. service live service yeah. and just yeah like, the problem is it's gonna be a live yeah. service game so the problem yeah. with Guitar Hero Live, uh, famous Guitar Hero Live, that was like 2015, I think. The issue with that game, I think, was that everyone just didn't want to buy the guitar peripherals anymore. After buying like a guitar peripheral for every Guitar Hero before that, it just got to the point where people were kind of getting tired of like having to buy extra peripherals for their games. So I wonder if they're going to try to like maybe move away from the peripheral. But also, that's kind of the main thing that separated Guitar Hero from other games. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you guys think a Guitar Hero... No, it's like, you can't play Guitar Hero without the actual guitar. It's like, what's playing it on a controller? Just mm-hmm. do both. Offer both. Yeah. Or, or, or what sure. they do, they bring back the Kinect. And you get, like, you play, like, an air guitar. <laughs> okay, okay, air guitar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think Guitar Hero Live did offer both. I could check that real quick. I'm, I think all games did offer both, but... Of course, you want the oh, one yeah. with the uh, guitar. You're right, you're right. I remember, because um, the original... I, I, <laughs> funny story, when I played Guitar Hero 3 with my sister, she wouldn't let me use the guitar, so I had to use the PS2 controller. I don't know why she wouldn't let me use the controller, uh, the guitar. <laughs> Maybe because she thought I would break it, I don't know. But it, it is interesting. I, it, the, the thing is, is like the game is so marketed around that Guitar Hero controller, that guitar. So, like, you know, it's just like you sell it... I feel like it's really hard to sell it as, oh, and you can also use a controller... And it's like, well, okay, I'm just getting a lesser experience. It really depends on how they market it if they want to bring back the it just does. A, it's just a different market now of... Exactly. Not of... Because, yeah, the periphery was, like, the thing that really sold it back in the day. Because it was the first one to do something like that. And it took off. And 
this was also back in the day when retail brick brick and mortar stores had like shelf space to carry these giant periphery things. But nowadays, most retailers now, as we'll get to, like, I don't know, is the Best Buy store even on the docket? Um, no, I didn't put it because okay, that's all. Yeah, as we saw, Best Buy is ditching physical movies, and I'm pretty sure games will be next in the next like year or so. But they said uh, movies and CDs, but they have nothing about games yet. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, games but... will be the next thing. But yeah, like if you look at like Target, Walmart, their their game sections are getting smaller and smaller. There's there's no way today that you're going to find a st- brick and mortar store that's going to want to carry this giant periphery of a game and you know i, I, I went i went to walmart the other day you know those like limited edition mario gaming watches it was like oh only for the mario 35 there was like 12 yeah <laughs> i'm like what are they what are they gonna do with these things and, like it shows it's like it consumers aren't gonna buy go to the store and buy a guitar like that's, that's the, the thing is though the people who are now. into this stuff like those Mario things or even like a new guitar here with the periphery, they're all going to buy them like right when it launches because they're the market for it. They're really into it. And they're like, of course I'm going to drop my $90 for a game. Yeah. There's no staying power. These things are, they're going to sell their initial launch stuff. Then they're going to restock it. And then all of that restock is just going to sit on the shelf and all the retailers are going to be very angry about that. (laughs) I guess um, to kind of round this out, I want to, I want to ask two last questions. First, I guess just our overall thoughts on the deal as a whole. Is this a net positive and net negative? I'm still very undecided. I want to see what Microsoft can do with Activision Blizzard. I feel like they can do better than they have been the last few years with like Activision Blizzard, especially Blizzard's side. I feel like has really been like struggling as of late with a lot of their new releases. So I want to see like can Microsoft turn that ship around will, or will it be like the same old, same old? Like how do you guys feel in that regard? I'm still indifferent. I think they're I think there's negatives, there's positives. I think I'm just pretty in between. It's got to see what mm-hmm. they can do with it. Something needed to change with Activision, obviously. But, ob- but I mean, yeah, pretty in between. Positives outweigh the bad in this situation. How so? Yeah. Need to, I, I feel like Blizzard, especially, they need to figure out what the fuck they're doing. And I feel like when it comes to Call of Duty, we don't need that many people working on Call of Duty. That's so they can start divesting those teams into more different types of titles and more unique titles so they can branch out more. It was really difficult before Microsoft for Activision to get any worse than they were before, especially when they had like that document come out with all that shit that was happening. Mm-hmm. I don't really think we can see them get any worse. Maybe they can get a... Blizzard to start doing like movies or something because their animated team is incredible, and Microsoft oh, has yeah. that now. So you know maybe that could be a way to revive Overwatch. <laughs> Nothing's reviving Overwatch, man. <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've, I've talked enough about Overwatch. Jet, <sighs> uh, what about you? How are you feeling about this deal? So the big positive I'm getting out of this, and this is kind of how I felt when they acquired Bethesda, like years ago which which is crazy that a company can just acquire two two pretty big gaming companies just within this time mm-hmm. and that's that's that you just as a game pass subscriber you get more options for games and that's always a good thing but the negative of it is just i'm just hoping this is not setting a practice where like at a certain point in the future there's only gonna be like three or four gaming companies because everybody's under a roof yeah and that's kind of like the thing is like uh can structure overall like work and help out you know activision blizzard overall 
with this transition, you know, like being all under Microsoft. I mean, uh, Moon, what about you? Yeah, kind of like what everyone else is saying. There's definitely positives and negatives to both sides, but I do think there's more positives than negatives. And obviously we won't get a determined, like a final answer until like a couple of years from now, once we figure out like what is Microsoft's plan with all these companies. I'm sure it's, yeah, we're looking at all the game studios that we're all aware of, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other like back-end smaller studios that we're not fully aware of that they're going to put those people to work now. Because I'm pretty sure one of the biggest goals of this was to get all these studios to just make content because they just want to keep pumping those Game Pass games out. Like, it's like, I'm pretty sure that every game a quarter thing is still in the back of their mind. And it's like, we're going to get all these studios so we can start fulfilling that promise. Um, So until we start getting like a roadmap or some kind of Phil Spencer be like, um, yeah, so this company's no longer like a COD support team. It's now we're going to put them on some passion project. Because I think that was like a state of the report. union type deal. Yeah, like a state of the union kind of thing, which I don't think we'll fully get, but like eventually news An Xbox will come E3, out. Maybe. Yeah, like we're going to get news eventually, up. like, oh yeah, like Raven Studios is now doing such and such or mm-hmm. um, all these other com- all these studios that were put on COD support is now going to be moved on something else. I think there was a report saying that um, they're going to like have the studios like pitch, like, what do you want to do? And well, I guess we'll see like what comes of that. It was so I, I originally wasn't thinking about this, but then I just remembered you guys talking about like, you know, overseeing all these studios, you know, who the head of gaming is currently Matt booty. Can Matt Booty overlook all of be. these studios? <laughs> they're gonna, no, they're no probably going to hire someone else. Yeah, hire there's, either there's multiple. People they need to hire other people. This is ridiculous. Like, well, I'm Matt sure Booty they're going to hire someone Booty. that's going to like oversee like the Activision part of it, like pretty much what Bobby Kotick is doing. Kotick is probably sticking on to show Phil Spencer, like, okay, here's how we're managing everything. So, mm-hmm. so Phil has an idea. Then he's probably going to hire someone to basically do Kotick's job of just managing and keeping track of everything that's under all the Activision stuff. They should replace Matt Booty while they're on, while they're on the job search. Yeah, just uh, get rid of Matt Booty and add two other people. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 want, I, know, I feel like Matt Booty is passionate. He cares about gaming. I do believe that. But, like, he let Redfall come out. I feel like if that's the regard, like, that, I, in my opinion, my viewpoint has always been Matt, Matt Booty should have walked into Arcane Austin, see Redfall, and go, this game sucks, cancel it. I, I don't know how he let that through. It's kind of insane to me. I wonder the like, yeah, like, there's there's no one PlayStation version of Redfall, right? Like three people talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> Dark sake. Wasn't the game in like foreign development before they got purchased? Yeah, but yeah. then they yeah, purchased them, like but there was like still thing. two years where they could have canceled them. No, that, that was a contract. A I, I think that was... It could have been yeah, under contract. Yeah, but like... You, Is there a PlayStation the version of Redfall? Or did they cancel there the PlayStation There was, version? but they canceled it. Okay, because I was going to say, if like, if Redfall's out on PlayStation, there might have been some obligation, like, you got to put out a game for us. Man, but if they canceled the PlayStation had, version... They should have canceled the cancel Redfall. I feel like in that regard... You should have said, like, if I was Matt Booty, I would have said, yo, this Redfall game looks horrible, Phil. And Phil's like, okay, we have to cancel it. Because that, that, that damages your brand. Like, I, I I think if you let your brand get damaged as badly as it was with Redfall's release, like, it's just, it shows that you need, at the very least, you need help. 
you need more people than just Matt Booty looking at all these studios. And, you know, as Moon said, I think Kotick very much is kind of staying there to like onboard Phil and understand like how these studios work because there are a lot of studios. And, that, you know, one studio we haven't talked about a lot is the King part of this deal. Microsoft is very happy with King because they basically have this infinite money generating mobile game with, you know, Candy Crush. Like it was a, it, it's a major part of the deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure because like, now they can also utilize King's like specialty of making mobile games. They're probably going to pump out a bunch more mobile games and be like, hey, look, free uh... money. <laughs> oh man i hope not <laughs> but, hey, we'll see um i do want to ask one last question kind of around this all out what's the game you guys most want to see on game pass Warmers we're for cybertron games hell yes already confirmed that they are they like they were 100 percent with the licenses and everything to come back they have the greenlit microsoft just needs to find the files <laughs> wherever the fuck they hear me out hear, hear me they out gotta do it. all this all the skylanders games let them cook that's all i'm saying bring back <laughs> the spider-man games with the toys to life part though <laughs> i just thought about that they'll figure it out it's not my job they'll figure it out true that's true that's true i respect it Moon, what about you? I don't think there really is anything because everything I'm interested in, I probably already played. And yeah, Sam, I just thought about I this. I'm like, wait, I don't have any. And you all I'm not really the biggest Activision Blizzard guy. Like, and you know, there's like I'm not really too big on these. We're looking at like 15 year old games for most of them. Oh, I know what I'm gonna play. I'll just put all the COD games on there. I'll just yeah. do a run through of the campaigns. Boom, Black Ops 2. Is it, I'm just looking more forward to like, what are they going to start putting out their newer stuff on there? And the new yeah. stuff once they're under like Microsoft, be like, this is a Game Pass Xbox exclusive game. Like, oh, what are they're going to love. Those? They're going to say that. <laughs> they're they're going to make sure to abuse that license as like Xbox Game Pass exclusive. <laughs> uh, Jad, did you have one? Um, so there's, I think Dark kind of mentioned this, like the Spider Man games. There's one in particular I really liked, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. That one had, oh, man. yeah, twenty ninety nine Noir. Yeah. yeah. There's also a Web of Shadows. Uh, Edge it's a trilogy. Of Time. Yeah, those three are a trilogy, yeah. and then they have the other movie tie-in games. I respect the Web of Shadows, Shadows for. Yeah, that'd be sick. Web of Shadows, I respect for one reason, and that's that you could say, fuck Mary Jane, I'm going with Black Cat. It's like, finally, <laughs> a game that understands me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Activision Blizzard deal. A lot to go over. A lot of stuff that hopefully... I Let's just be honest, we're just happy it's over. <laughs> like It's just like, no more legal bullshit. It's finally out of the woods. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um... Uh, you know, Xbox very much stole the spotlight this year, but us Sony ponies, we got a new PS5 revision. All right. <laughs> this comes from oh. the PlayStation blog. The new look for PS5 console this holiday season. Uh, this comes from Sid Schumann. Uh, as the holiday season approaches, we are excited to share we have a new PS5 model launching. To address the evolving needs of players, our engineering and design teams collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. The same technology that makes the PS5 the best way to play, packed to a smaller form factor, along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive. Uh, I'll talk about that. And a one terabyte SSD for more internal storage. 
the new PS5 has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and weight by 18% and 24% compared to previous models. There are four separate cover panels with the top portion in a glossy look, while the bottom remains in matte. If you purchase the digital edition, you can add the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive for PS5 later, as it will be sold separately for $79.99 US dollars. Wow. Uh, the new PS5 model will be available starting this November in the U.S. at select local retailers and directplaystation.com, where available. It will continue to roll out globally in the following months. Once inventory of the current PS5 model is sold out, the new PS5 will become the only model available. Uh, and then right here, they uh, showed this. Uh, the PS5 with the disk drive, 499 uh, disk edition, digital edition, they decided to sneak this uh, bad boy here, uh, $449.99, a $50 price increase. And a horizontal stand will also be included with the new PS5 models. Also, a new vertical stand compatible with all PS5 models will be sold separately at 30 USD. <laughs> okay, we got a lot. I will say. <laughs> all right. All right, Sony Bunnies, cool. defend this. No. Uh, I already, <laughs> oh, uh, I already love the PS5 design, and this just makes it even better, so I can't complain much. Oh, I could complain. Okay, let me complain. All right. Okay, listen, I'm the Sony. I got to sit here and say, this is one of the stupidest things ever. I don't mind the redesign. I think the redesign looks fine. But you're going to say, all right, guys, we're going to, uh, the digital edition console, you know how it was 400? Now it's 449.99. Didn't change it at all. <laughs> it just said, oh, yeah, it's 449.99. Uh, and that is just all, this weird thing about the vertical stand. I'm still thinking about this. $30 for a stand. That's like, and then, what, two inches tall? I don't get it. And then the, the attachable disk drive for $80? Someone pointed this out. If you got the digital edition and then decided you want to add the disk drive later, you're technically paying more. Yeah, you're paying it's more. Because it's $80. I just don't get this. <laughs> like I, I, Listen, okay, I wanted a PS5 Slim. This is not how I wanted it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just very much now like, all right, where's the PS5 Pro? Hopefully that one's better. Yeah, it's like, it's... It, the only other upgrade to this is, I think the internal hard drive's a bit bigger now. Slightly. Uh, yeah, one terabyte. Like now. the storage. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, but like, a, you can get those for a way cheaper now. You don't yeah. need to buy a whole new PS5. There's, a, there's literally no reason to this. This is, It's almost weird that they're even calling this like a newer model. They should... I mean, because th what they're saying is this is just going to be the phased in as like the new default. Like as soon as all the others are gone, they'll be gone. And this all will be just the new gone. default. But you know, you know those faceplates. You know those faceplates, Moon. Oh yeah, they they're not going to work, work on this now. one. They don't. They don't work now. <laughs> they're like, hey guys, check out these new faceplates. We're so proud of it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> so what is with Sony these past recent years of just shooting themselves? Did they just get too they're cocky? In the lead. They're in the lead. That's what happened. They are in the lead. So they are effectively like, well, nothing can stop us now. They are very much in their Apple mode. It, this is what happened in the PS3 generation, and that fucked them over there. Here, like, they have a strong enough install base, a large enough install base, including me. I'm a sucker. I'll fully say it. <laughs> their install base is large enough to where they can do this. I just, it's just fascinating to me that they're making this such a big deal when it's just kind of. Here's the new replacement. I guess they had to like make an announcement formally of it because it is technically smaller and there's a bigger hard drive. 
the stand thing and all that, because this is reminding me of when uh, Nintendo phased out the original lawn switch for the slightly better version. That's like the better battery and all that. And they didn't make a big deal out of it. They just kind of said, yeah, there's going to be this newer happened. revised model. Same. Pr- I think it was the same. I think they're the same price. I don't even, I don't think they even yeah. said anything. I think it just released. <laughs> it just kind of released. Oh, and yeah. they're like, yeah, it's a newer model has better battery. Da, 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 da. Enjoy. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, there is really w- no point in buying this unless you don't have a PS five. And well, that's, that's really, thing. or your PS5 catches fire and you need a new one. Well, I mean, at that point, you just might as well wait for the pro, like, unless it like catches fire tomorrow, which I'm hoping my PS5 will be fine until then. <laughs> I just let me play Spider Man and then I think I'll, I can wait for the pro. I mean, I'll just ask that. You guys think a pro is going to be next year? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay, Mr. Sony hater over here. Well, why do you think uh, no pro exists? Uh, I just feel like it's too soon. I could be good me, like not realizing how much time has passed since this gen has come out. It's, it's four really years. Early. <laughs> it's four years. Oh my god, this generation is so weird. We've been four years into it, and we're getting our first uh, PS5. Well, actually, no, not our first, but still, like our our first big one. It feels like with um, Spider-Man Two next week. I, I will say it's kind of interesting they put this out. Um, this thing is releasing after Spider-Man 2. I guess it works kind of as a marketing beat. Like, hey, you get this PS5. Like, you want to buy one this holiday? And and now you have a new Spider-Man with it. And you know those special uh, Spider-Man faceplates you got? No, they're not going to work on this. I genuinely, I'm still thinking. I, how? <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, it, just, I, oh, it does make me think that the the the, lo- the line of logic that I'm following is this is the newer redesign to have the slightly bigger hard drive, smaller, what yada yada yada. So and this is gonna phase out the older model. This is the new base PS5, and then yeah, they're gonna have the newer Pro with the, like the better, slightly better um, tech and whatever they're gonna make in the uh, Pro version next year or maybe two years from now. Maybe they'd right on the ps5 for just a bit longer maybe two years but i do think it's on the horizon there's something i just saw uh happens later in the article i know uh professional uh a variety of ps5 console cover colors for the new model will be available starting in early 2024 including an all-new mate black colorway and the deep earth collections colors (laughs) metal as hell i guess volcanic red cobalt blue and sterling silvers which I don't think they have any pictures for any of those. Uh, prices for them will start at $54.99 USD. So I had which... so those poor fellows who like, I really like my red PlayStation 5. It's like, so I bought the red faceplates. Oh, now I'm going to get the mini. I got to buy more faceplates. It's just a, oh man, this is, this is a funny I have company. a question. Go for it. Have any of y'all bought plates for your PS5? Because I have not. <laughs> there's no yeah. i'm not spending money on that i, I well, want one i want the black one but uh, i thought i yeah, almost I thought... got the spider-man ones but then i realized and this is what convinced me out of it was i was gonna put it on have them on while i was playing spider-man and then i'd probably lose interest in them after i was done with spider-man and then or even maybe just like the remainder of the year whatever then i realized i would take these things off put the white ones back on i would never use the spider-man ones again they would just sit in my closet and take up space exactly it's I, just I bought the black controller and sold my white one, but that's about it. I got the Spider-Man yeah. controller because I mean I like controllers, so I might. Yeah, that controller's sick. 
but that's a good yeah. I mean, like I don't really like Starfield, but like the Starfield controller has been great for me. So it's a, it's a controller at the end of I the day. I will say the Spider-Man just controller seems to be less quality than the standard. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just have a weird one, or if this is it, but the buttons, specifically the start button, isn't as clicky as um, the options as like a regular controller. And there was like one other thing about it. It felt less sturdy than a regular like DualSense Five. So I'm not using it. It's purely a decoration piece now. <laughs> well, what does staring at the Starfield controller make you think? How does it make you feel? Uh, I, I think, oh, look, it's a controller. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that upset about Starfield. Like, I'll, I, I'm I'm surviving. <laughs> I was mad in the moment. But, hey, you know, things happen. Live and learn. Moving on. Uh, our favorite, a friend of the show, John Riccatello, has stepped down from Unity. Uh, Unity CEO steps down following backlash over engine monetization plans. Uh, this is Tom Ivan over at BGC. Uh, Unity has announced that John Riccatello is stepping down as president, CEO, chairman, and board member, effective immediately. Uh, former electronic arts boss Riccatello joined the engine maker Unity's board in 2013 and has led the company since the following year. His departure comes weeks after the company sparked the backlash after the development community by announcing controversial monetization plans for its popular game engine, which it partially walked back following the outcry. Uh, it's been a privilege to lead Unity for nearly a decade and serve our employees, customers, developers, and partners, all of whom have been instrumental to the company's growth, Riccatello said. I look forward to supporting Unity through this transition and following the company's future successes. I'm just going to ask you guys right off the bat, does Unity change? No, because he was the no. one making these decisions. Exactly. Like, he, he was, yeah. Yeah, right there with you. <laughs> like, like he, he, Unity was very much at the behest of their board. And so, like, John Riccatello, like, yeah, you know, he was a part of it. He was a part. Like, he wasn't exactly like a golden child or anything. It's not like he's a non... A, how do you say it? Um, removed from blame, I guess. But, like, at the end of the day, the board was the one that was pushing for, you know, these horrible monetization practices. Yeah, and now that he's gone, now, like, people can't blame him for it. So that, I think that's part of why he left. <laughs> I mean, he's left. He's just like, he did the change, and then he's like, okay, I'm taking my golden parachute out elsewhere. I guess the real question is more so, does this guy lead another gaming company? Probably not after what happened with you. Everyone's going to be looking at it like, uh, I know what you guys, I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you did last time. I mean, he did make money. I think they're going to look at it and it's like, well, this guy has experience, so we might as well have him lead, I don't know, EA again. What if he came back to EA? That would just be, like, full circle. <laughs> he he very much is, like, someone who is not good at saving companies, but he's good at getting the chairman, like, the board enough money on a, like, dying company and then going, like, okay, you guys have fun with that money. See ya he's not a very good <laughs> he's not very good at his job i think we can all agree there all right well words for john <laughs> riccatello man you guys are really in love with this man I, there's not much to say i mean the dude left the company it's just like get out I, of here yeah not much is going to change for unity i hope things change but it's hard it's kind of doubtful he fucked around point. and found out he fucked around and find out moving on uh, another PlayStation story, my favorite company. PS5 Cloud Streaming uh, is coming for PlayStation Plus Premium members. This comes from uh, Hideaki Nishino, 
Hideaki Nishino from uh, the PlayStation blog. Uh, Since launching the all-new PlayStation Plus more than a year ago, we've seen such high engagement from our fans on our new offerings from the quality titles offered in the game catalog, like Forbidden West and Sea of Stars, uh, to new trophy features we've added to classic games like Legend of Dragoon and Siphon Filter. Today, we have more details to share about PS5 cloud streaming for PlayStation Plus premium members. Starting this month, we will begin launching cloud streaming access for supported PS5 digital titles within the PlayStation Plus game catalog and game trials, as well as supported titles in the PS5 game library library that PlayStation Plus members own. Uh, So this is very much a thing where it's like, okay, now you can stream PlayStation 5 games. Uh, You couldn't before, which I didn't know. So for the three people who still have PlayStation Plus Premium, there you go. Maybe that's why they increased the prices. It finally (laughs) has value. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to define value here. because I don't know if anyone's just like, I gotta get premium now. I think I think I look at this as a Sony fan. I'm just gonna say this outright: you have zero reason to go into premium. <laughs> like, I mean, streaming PS5 games, maybe you can find the use cases, but like for the ridiculous price of premium, as well as like the fact that it had a price increase last month, Jim uh, Ryan's last parting gift for us before he left, it kind of tells us that. Yeah, this is just premium is just not worth it. Extra, extra is definitely worth it. I think you get enough games in that catalog. I know Moon, you said you've used extra a lot in the past, but it, it, I just I don't know premium. I, what does premium do at this point? It just has a bunch of retro games, and it's just like okay, it's not even a bunch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not even that a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. As we like bro, weirdos like me would be like, okay, cool. This is this. I'll buy premium for that. There's not even a bunch. There's like six. (laughs) At least it feels like it. It's just a frustrating aspect of like PlayStation in general. It feels like they just can't figure out the streaming service thing nearly as well as Xbox did, which is weird because they extra. They seem to have figured out a decent amount, but there hasn't been enough additives into extra to really justify the price for someone like me versus Game Pass, where I feel like I can more easily justify that price. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. It's just a weird thing. Moon, do you feel like you get your money's worth with extra? If I was more of a better gamer like the rest of you all who blow through games a lot faster than me, I'd probably find it much much more worth it because there are a lot of games on there that I think are very good for backlogging. Like obviously it's no day one stuff like Game Pass, but for a lot of third party stuff, it they get quite the number. That's and what's also interesting is a lot of third-party and indie stuff bounces between Game Pass and PS Extra. So if I miss a game on Game Pass, like like within the next month or two, we get announced that it's being added to PS Extra. And it's also fascinating to see what indie games end up on each one because Disco Elysium, like the Final Cut, it was a big one. I'm like, I felt like this is going to end up on one of the services eventually. And I kept, felt, I kept feeling like it was going to be PS Extra. And now it just got announced this month. We're getting Disco Elysium, the Final Cut. So it's also it's just fascinating to see like where do I almost want to call them like allegiances that these indie tiles gonna go. Um to just see where they end up. So for someone who wants to play like a bunch of third party and indie stuff, I think both services do fantastic jobs of that. And obviously Xbox is gonna win out more because you also get all the first party stuff. But PS Extra has nothing to sneeze at. Now granted the price is a little bit exuberant, especially with no first party. I mean, maybe if there was first party on there, that would justify the price a bit, but 
currently it's just like <laughs> it's just currently right now it's just like iffy like yeah it's like i do it begrudgingly <laughs> i have yeah. extra begrudging because i know they're gonna add stuff that i want to play and they do at least every other month there's at least one game they add and like yeah i'm gonna play that <laughs> But, but, but yeah. isn't there some first party like like I think the new yeah, 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 was on there. I yeah. think he, I think he's saying like if it was like day and date first party, it would be oh, much more. Yeah. yeah, day and date first party. Yeah, oh, so which I don't think is going to happen for a couple years. Go ahead, Dirk. Um, I don't know if Sony's ever going to do this, but if it ties back to the Activision thing, when it comes to Call of Duty, um, Sony Microsoft gave them the AOK to put a day and date on PS Plus, and that could benefit them a lot. And Call of Duty itself. Okay. If they'll do that, I don't know if they ever would, but you know. I would have to look into that. I don't remember that news story. Maybe I just missed it's, it. This um, had court documents. I feel like they wouldn't pass up that chance, but also it's like, ah, well, there's also a lot of money. Jim Ryan also said they'll never put day and date, so you know. And Jim Ryan's gone now, baby. It's a brand new <laughs> Sony. <laughs> We don't gotta listen to him. Alright, well, that, you know, we talked enough about PlayStation. I want to talk about one of my favorite developers. Hideki Kamiya has a new YouTube channel. This is kind of an interesting one. Uh, there were some things he kind of outlined in one of his first videos for the channel. Uh, he decided to leave Platinum Games about three months ago. I, I should say, this comes from Mario64 over on Twitter. Uh, Saturday Platinum Games about three months ago. He's not retiring from game development. I'm not sure. I don't think anyone expected that. Uh, can't work in the same industry for a year due to reasons, as he outlined. It's a non-committal agreement, so he can't be poached. Uh, gotcha. That makes more sense. I will say, it was funny watching the video. Uh, one of the stills is, off to the unemployment center, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows, like, Kamiya still has that brand of humor. Dark, I know you're a Kamiya fan. Like, do you have any thoughts on uh, Kamiya's stance on the industry? Your name's not Dark. Fine. He'll be fine. He's, like, so renowned and recognizable for his style that people, he'll be able to find a job anywhere. Yeah. Uh, this... I've been blocked by him, so I'm a fan. <laughs> Go ahead, Vince. I think this pretty much confirms that they, Platinum and him have very different visions of where they wanted to go, and it, he pretty much felt like he had to leave to accomplish what he wants to do. I'll be real. I think Project GG got canceled. I think Camille uh, yeah. was set to direct that game. He clearly assumedly had a lot of passion for it, and I think maybe something happened along the way, something... Platinum was not working with him correctly, and he is a very hot-headed person, as we could tell with uh, Jet being a first-hand witness to him blocking someone. <laughs> it very much is a situation where, yeah, I think something happened to Project GG. Camille wasn't happy. He left. Yep, I agree. And then he was just I like, he's wrapped up in some contract for this uh, non-compete thing, so... Yeah, he's going to be like, I'm just going to sit around for a year. My nice sports car that he took a p with video of. I mean, he has a YouTube channel, so like, hopefully yeah, so that's like, it's kind of like Sakurai. I hope it's kind of like Sakurai, where like, you know, he gives us some development insights, cool little things about all of his games. Or he could just like talk about all the people he blocked and why he blocked them for three hours straight. Oh, hell, I'll, do I'll watch either or. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully everything works out with Camille. Big fan of his work. Uh, moving on. So we got this interesting story, to say the least. Um, Wario64 kind of posted this. 
Uh, Kevin Afghani is the voice of Mario and Luigi in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Uh, Kevin Afghani himself just tweeted out of the blue, incredibly proud to have voiced Mario and Luigi in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Thanks to Nintendo for inviting me into the Flower Kingdom. Now, the reason I found this interesting is apparently the demo was data mined because everything gets fucking data mined nowadays. And they uh, basically they figured out that um, some completely different actor, I don't remember, it was the voice of Poe. Mick Wingard. Uh, His name's Mick. Yeah, that's Mick Wingard. Mick Wingard. Okay. Uh, you know, he was kind of, it was like, oh, this guy's the voice of Mario. And I guess Nintendo was kind of forced to announce, like, it's like, no, no, he's not the voice. Like, this is the voice. And though Kevin Afghani outright says it. I, any thoughts regarding this kind of funny story, honestly? Yeah, I, I was hoping we have kind of two pose canonically voicing Mario characters. <laughs> oh, like two different people? No, like how Jack Black is Bowser and... Oh, oh, I know yeah, what you yeah. mean. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny, yeah. No, it's interesting. It very much sound, seemed like Nintendo was kind of just forced to announce it because, like, it's like, oh, we don't want, like, this random guy who's not involved in this project to just, like... It's like, yo, congrats on the job, Mick! And he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> so Yeah, it's just it, funny because I actually took a class with Mick, like, two weeks ago. Um, and when I saw... When I saw that, I'm just like, there's no way. Because you look at what he does uh, voice-wise, and also just him in pers- as a person in general, he's he's about as old as Charles Martinet. It's like, why would you replace him with a guy who's just about a similar age, probably on his way? He doesn't do as much voice acting anymore these days. He's like mm-hmm. semi-retired. Um, and so it, just, it was just baffling to me. It's like, okay. And plus, I've talked to him and heard his voices that he does, like, there's no way this guy can pull out a Mario voice unless he has like next, some secret talent we didn't know about. Next time you see him, ask him to do a Mario voice and record it for the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, then you look uh, at this new Kevin guy and he's like, so like he's a newer guy. He's a newer VA, which I, which I kind of figured was going to be the case. They're going to get someone mm-hmm. who's not some big name. Uh, he has very small credits, but I mean, hey, they're credits nonetheless. Um, yeah. It is kind of annoying, though, that people are just so used to celebrity and bigger name announcements that people are already attacking this guy, saying, this is who Nintendo settled on? I'm like, bitch, they didn't settle on him. They picked him. It's an audition. He he passed the audition, and Nintendo was like, oh, okay, you can go. Uh, Yeah, because literally there was one that uh, the voice acting community kind of jumped on. There was this guy who pulled up like his like IMDB credits. So you see like his role in like Genshin impact and like a couple of like smaller projects. And it was like, this is your Mario. And then like, what were you expecting? It's like Chris Pratt. (laughs) It's a, it's a funny situation. It's just funny. It's just sad that people are just so used to like, uh, these big announcements. Like I knew from like the moment they said they were recast, it's going to be some smaller. No, I want. I don't want to call him a nobody because that's insulting. But like clearly, like someone who isn't a household name in like video games and whatnot. I will yeah. say. Well, I'm just okay. also going to say it's interesting. He's also uh, he's Mario and Luigi, so he's not taking over for Wario and Waluigi, at least not yet, because we don't have a. Oh, they, they don't exist in this game. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist in this game. So we'll have so we'll find out like the next game that comes up after this that includes them if he's also doing them or if they're going to get someone else cuz Charles Martinet did Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi and like the babies too. So they got a lot of characters to now cover. Um, <laughs> but what's also interesting is he's also voicing that talking flower 
that uh that oh, noodle I'm wonder. turning that motherfucker off. I'm telling oh. you right now. <laughs> that shit's so annoying, bro. I did the demo and the flower was like hey. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Let me jump in peace. <laughs> so that was just kind of neat. But yeah, good Don't for him. Congra- congratulations to Afghani. I think something that's also he specifically says voiced Mario and Luigi in Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Maybe it's just this game and they make it someone else. No. I hate to stand up as he already finished the recordings. Yeah. It's past that. Yeah, I guess also... They they probably want to wait to announce it, like, for other things. Like, we talked about it when, like, the thing happened of Mario being, um, you know, Charles Martinet retiring from Mario. I think it very much is a thing where they don't want to, like, really make a thing like Kevin Afghani, voice of Mario. It's like, oh, yeah, he's the voice of Mario in this game. Yeah, because they don't want the voice actor behind the character to outshine the character. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they can be real low key about it. Uh, which I, which going back to Kevin's tweet, it is like almost, I don't want to say off putting, but it was just so weird. Like it's this very simple text tweet. Like I, I see a lot of casting announcement tweets because I'm in the voice acting community for anime and games and all that. So people get all make these like grand spectacle tweets, like with pictures and, like almost like a paragraph of text being like, I'm so happy yeah. to be the role of da 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 da. It's like, yeah. And then he's just Kevin's like, hey, tweet, yo, like, I'm Mario. Yeah, I'm Mario. <laughs> thanks, Nintendo. And it's like not even a picture of Mario like attached to the tweet yeah, or anything. It. It's just like the most the casual of tweet of saying, yeah, I'm now voicing one of the biggest characters in video games. <laughs> Congratulations to Kevin. Uh, excited yeah. to see what he does in the future. Moving on. Benji Sales had this a very quick story I just wanted to bring up. Ubisoft has given some stats on Assassin's Creed Mirage performance, launch player numbers in line with Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, biggest new-gen launch of any Ubisoft game in sales, new-gen being PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. I, I will say, it seems like the people have spoken, they very much did want old Assassin's Creed back, and in this regard, it seems like it is a success, at least for Ubisoft, especially, you know, $50 price tag, I think that was much more attractive. Uh, unless you're someone like me who's always just going to wait for Black Fridays, you know, $50 just wasn't attractive enough, I guess. I'm sorry. It, is well, it wasn't attractive though. enough with Spider-Man right around the corner. Exactly. That's a big thing. I will say um, an interesting detail. They say new gen launch specifically. This game also came out on old gen. So it kind of shows it's like they very much are succeeding in both the new gen realm, like with the current gen. And, you know, with, like, last-gen PS4 and Xbox One, I think this also kind of tells me, I think Ubisoft's close to ditching uh, PS4 and Xbox One soon. I feel like this is going to be one of the last games. Uh, Avatar's also PS4, I think? No, um, that one's cur- the, uh, the current gen Oh, that's current gen only? Okay, yeah. I think, no, uh, for sure, that, I think it's over. For <laughs> I, I think Ubisoft, because uh, if you remember, Ubisoft was actually one of the first to ditch um, uh, the PS3 and 360 and went really? with Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah, they were they um a year later Assassin's Creed Unity was only on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It was not on PS3 and 360. They created Assassin's Creed Rogue for last gen, which I, I still oh, think is yeah, the funniest thing that. ever. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, confirmed Avatar is is only Series X and PlayStation 5 and PC. And then also the only other Ubisoft I could I could think of is uh, Star Wars Outlaws and yeah, that's next gen or current gen only. Yeah, so it kind of tells me, like, 
Ubisoft is pretty much at this point. Like Far Cry Seven, that's going to be current gen only. I, we can all like pretty much yeah, predict they definitely that. Definitely suffered by putting six on older software. Exactly. I do think so. Um, Assassin's Creed may stick around because that's like their Call of Duty. They they have a lot of fans and a lot of people who are just, who buy just those games. So they if they can make the game run on the older consoles, they probably will. But I think like all their more bigger projects like Star Wars and Avatar and all that are, are going to be next-gen titles, whereas we might get Assassin's Creed on older consoles for like another year or two. It may be, but again, like they very much are... Like how Jim Ryan quoted, uh, we believe in generations. I feel like Ubisoft is always like one of the quickest to jump off of last-gen. I mean, again, like you look at Unity, like that was a current-gen only. Granted, Rogue was also on last-gen, but like I don't think anyone speaks about Rogue. Like that was Unity was the big Assassin's Creed game at, of that year. I, I feel like they're more willing to ditch it. But again, as Moon says, that very much is their call of duty. So like it could be a situation where it releases on last gen as well. Moving on. Uh I'm lucky we got two Disney boys here. Uh this comes from Noble, who friend of the show. He kind of like uh parse this out of a Bloomberg article, because God knows I wasn't reading a Bloomberg article. Uh, Bob Iger's deputies tried to push Iger in a new direction. They want Disney to become a gaming giant rather than licensing out their IPs. One way would be an acquisition like EA. Iger has been noncommittal. Uh, this actually is an excerpt from the article. Uh, a couple of offers have been floated for Disney's TV assets. Byron Allen texted Iger a $10 billion bid for ABC and its other TV channels, while Nexstar Media Group was in exploratory talks for the news network, but neither deal is likely to go through. ESPN agreed to a sport betting deal with the down-market casino operator Penn Entertainment Inc. That will pay Disney as much as $1.5 billion over a decade. For years, Iger insisted Disney couldn't get into gambling because of reputational concerns. Now it seems like a way to plug the holes. And then here's the big thing. Iger's deputies are pushing him to consider a bolder transformation of Disney from gaming licensee to a gaming giant through, say, an acquisition of electronic arts. But as with everything else, he's been noncommittal. So, Moon, Jet, you're the big Disney guys. I want to ask you, too, what, what is your thoughts on this? Well, my original thought was... Actually, I was thinking about this earlier today when I realized, oh, we're recording a podcast. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about... Uh, the whole story because I was my original thought was this just sounds like a bunch of business people who don't think about the gaming industry as like the industry like Phil Spencer would this is just seeing seeing as someone's like man we could be making money from video games why aren't we making money from video games and then I just think back not even like a decade ago you guys floundered hard with like Epic Mickey Disney Infinity and these other games that you guys made you closed all your studios because of it and you just went you know, we're just going to license stuff off. And it made sense. Like you, you just license out your IPs and you're one of the few companies that have the, uh, the luck of having an, I have a category of IPs that people want to use. Like people will go to you be like, I want to use this IP. And it's like, cool, give me money. I'll let you have the IP and you suffer none of the consequences. If the game is bad, like obviously you take maybe less, a little bit of a brand damage. Like, Oh, that was a bad Indiana Jones game or whatever, but it's, Everyone's going to look at that, like if the Indiana Jones game is bad. Everyone's going to be looking at Bethesda and Microsoft, not so much Disney for that kind of stuff. So you get all the benefits of getting the money for the license and none of the fallout if it's a bad game. That, But it just feels like... So then I thought of something. Maybe they still realize that because they were trying to build studios from the ground up for a while. I don't know what the 
what it was like for like the studios that made Epic Mickey and Disney Infinity and all that, how they got involved. But if they were definitely smaller studios that they just couldn't make a good game. Well, not I just shouldn't say that, but what I think it, it, new I know what you're is, trying to say. It's um, very much like a situation where these like smaller studios, not that they couldn't make a good game, but they couldn't make a blockbuster game. They couldn't yeah. make a Call of Duty selling game, which is, I think, what Disney wanted. So now they're looking at the angle of kind of like maybe they're being inspired by Microsoft. It's like, well, if we can't build stuff from the ground up, let's just buy what we can. <laughs> let's just buy a successful mm-hmm. company and then make have them make games for us. So they see the success or the the other granted. Here's my other question. Like, why are they targeting EA? EA got them that whole debacle about loot boxes with Battlefront 2 and that whole fallout. So, like, why are they going after this company that caused them that headache, that PR nightmare? But I think they just want to see this as, okay, we buy EA. They are a company that knows how to make games and make games that sell. And now we just put them to work instead of making an, our own company of game for making games. So it's it sounds like a good idea on paper. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to work out in that kind of favor. And I totally agree with what Bob Iger is saying that um, he's not committed to it because he doesn't want to think about right that now. He doesn't want to think about that right now because there was also that report that came out when he came back as CEO from Chapek. He found the whole company, the parks, the movies, everything, in just shambles. And he is like overworked right now and just in a disarray of trying to get everything back in order. So transforming the company into a video game giant right now is like the last thing on his mind. Well, um, Mike Minotti from, uh, uh, you know, the Game S Decides podcast, friend of the show, uh, very much stated like, you know, I was listening and he very much stated this thing where it's like, I feel like at this point, Bob Iger wants to find a successor. But the problem oh, yeah. is you need a successor that understands theme parks, sports, TVs, movies. And now you want to throw in gaming like it's at that point where it's like that is so much work for one person. The only person that could have done it was Bob Iger because he's been at the comp- Disney for so many years, you know, and now like the previous Disney CEO clearly was not of the quality that Disney wanted. And so they bring back Bob Iger and he's just sitting here. It's like, what the fuck do I do with this company? And the, I, I think now like it comes down to like, maybe they get acquired, but like the only companies big enough to acquire it is like Apple and Apple doesn't want Disney. That's too much for them. That's not needed for Apple. They are a tech giant. They don't really want all the Disney, the movies, TV shows, theme parks, anything like that. Jet, you're also a Disney guy. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. So I very much agree with like, pretty much everything moon had said and the thing i like is like how disney is kind of going with like just straight up giving the, uh, their like licensing to these studios like for example illusion island was pretty good game both jedi games were, were still like pretty good and now mm-hmm. we got avatar star wars you know like and, and oh yeah They're and, using and those indiana, yeah exactly and, and even indiana jones right like so the, like this share of IPs, it it diversifies each game. Like each each of them being very different, and and like it just opens it up rather than having like one studio and trying to make everything in house. But then th- that like kind of limits that studio. If that makes sense. Like, um, l- well, starting like, a new it, studio nowadays yeah. is so difficult. Like Disney Interactive failed because it was like. 
they were trying so many they had to do so many different disney ips <laughs> it's like I, I feel like it was too much on that one studio like epic mickey they were trying to sell that as like this is the end all be all and nobody really played it <laughs> nobody really cared about it it's fascinating well, epic mickey yeah. one was actually a big success the problem was no one played epic mickey two and even That's though that true. was a multi-platform game uh it does mm-hmm. a fascinating um little documentary i'll watch on epic mickey too that's like a very good listen if you want to hear just like the shambles disney was in at the time of around epic mickey too also i want to shout out that they also got information on the epic donald game that was in development that's that that just sounded like fire of of, of a game i wish that game didn't get canceled and then Um, epic goofy epic uh mini (laughs) yeah Yeah. is this Um, a cinematic universe yeah and there was also Oh, sorry. I was gonna say the way forward game that that oh, was based man, on Ducktales. I, I, I wish oh, that, that came out. God, yeah. way forward deserved to make that game. <laughs> oh, they would have nailed it. Yeah, uh, very interesting situation. I, I, I hope they don't acquire an EA. I, I don't think they will. You know, as they say, Bob Iger is uncommittal. So you know, if they don't acquire them. Cool. Yeah, video games <laughs> is like the it. last thing on their mind right now. Everything else is just falling mm. apart around them. Quick news story here. Uh, X Defiant is delayed. <laughs> Again. Uh, this is from the X Defiant Twitter. Uh, they had a little message here. A message from the X Defiant team. Uh, they kind of talked about, like, you know, excited for the game. Uh, but it also surfaced some inconsistencies in the game experience that we need to address prior to launching our preseason. So we've made the hard decision to delay the preseason of X Defiant. Now, you may be wondering, when is the preseason? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we literally, Moon and I literally played this game. Uh, I said I hated it. I don't know if Moon liked it or not. I did didn't. you like it? You it didn't was, like it either? It was boring. Exactly. And so it's very much telling me. It's like, okay. We were, we were very much of the opinion, like, oh, yeah, it's going to release. Never did. <laughs> and I, now I'm just like wondering. Like there was that news story we were going to cover a couple of news weeks ago, but like it didn't work out. Effectively saying like they they failed the certification test for PlayStation and Microsoft stores. Do you think that has something to do with it in this regard, man? Maybe a little bit, but I do think there's probably just a lot of the uh, how do we make this game last? Because I'm pretty sure they're also well aware of the state of live service games and they're watching all these other guys fall like flies and they're like uh what do we do to make sure we can't stay alive for at least six months <laughs> yeah it's very uh, interesting to say the least uh and then last news story i just found this funny <laughs> uh lord of the rings golem you know that famous apology chat gpt was used to write it uh, this comes from Jordan Midler over at VGC. In interviews with the German gaming outlet Game2, spotted by Noble, friend of the show, several former Daedrelic staff members have spoke for the first time about what went wrong with the critically panned licensed game. Following the release critically, of Gollum... Critically acclaimed? Gollum? Crit, no, no. Crit, did I say critically acclaimed? I meant to say panned. No, that's what I'm saying it is. <laughs> oh, critically acclaimed. Yeah, no, it should be. <laughs> I thought I thought I fucked up. I'm like, I would never call that game acclaimed. <laughs> Following the release of Gollum, Daedalic apologized for delivering what it was called an underwhelming experience with the final game. The company said, we deeply regret that the game did not meet expectation and pledged to improve it by a future updates. No, they're, they're not. It's now claimed that the apology was written with the AI software ChatGPT, according to two sources speaking with game, to Game 2. It's also claimed that developer Daedalic had no knowledge of the apology or its content prior to the publishing and that it was handled entirely by publisher Nacon. 
I should also mention uh, the Gollum's development budget is reported to have been around 15 million euros, a modest sum for a game in the AAA game space in 2023. Uh, there's a lot more to this story that I got from the interview, but I just found the, <laughs> the ever, I remember at one point of the apology, it said the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's the chat GPT part. And to that point, I just have to ask, did no one proofread the apology? Did no one check, like, why is it sound like every other apology, like, noticing the chat GPT nature of it? It Like, apologies were already sounding like chat GPT apologies at this point with a lot of these games. You know, I, at this point, we all have a collage of the apologies for each game. You know, Jedi Survivor, Cyberpunk, and now, you know, uh, Gollum. But it's just funny to me, like, you couldn't even write an apology? <laughs> Literally, the one like one intern be like, that guy was signing. Okay, we need to make a statement about Gollum, and the guy was just like, ah, fuck this, I gotta go do something else. I'm gonna put this in Chat GPT real quick. <laughs> no, I, I actually think that's exactly what it is. It's just like ah, I couldn't be bothered. I don't know. I just found that story hilarious. I I can't stop laughing about it because just you couldn't even just, write an apology correctly. <laughs> just add on to everything else that happened with that game and the uh, the dollar amount. I I don't know. They said it's a modest sum. 15 million euros. Which, I'm pretty sure that's which on is, the smaller side. It's the smaller side, but I'm also like, where did that budget go? Because this does not look like a 15 million euro game. I'll yeah, say that. Clearly, much. we're very under very under uh, underfunded. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Hopefully, uh, actually, I was about to say, like, hopefully that studio gets on their feet. They're, they're gone. <laughs> so never mind. Uh, uh, hopefully the people who work there get on their feet. Uh, but yeah, that's all for the news. Pretty light news week overall. I think it's time we talk about what we've been playing. Um, I'll go first. I beat... The, you beat it? I beat... One of the best 13. games of all time. Can I talk? <laughs> I beat 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. It's not one of the best games ever made. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Uh, that would give it a solid 9 out of 10. I think they, if you're a fan of time travel and sci-fi, uh, that type of thing. I think they do an amazing job of kind of wrapping the story together. I think the actual combat of the game, something that a lot of people don't talk about it, I think it's fine enough, especially when you get Missile Rain. Missile Rain is the best ability in all of gaming. I'm just going to say that right now. That is the It just launches like 150 missiles towards all the kaiju, and it's like, fuck yeah, let's just, just, just let it rip. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know. Like, there's not a lot much I could say more I could say without kind of spoiling the game. It's kind of just one of those games you kind of need to play to understand. Uh, Bench said this before, it's very much a game that kind of needs to be a video game with its story, and I, I do agree with that. I don't know if you can really like tell this story in any other medium. I will say, there are a lot of terms, <laughs> and it gets to the point of being very confusing, <laughs> especially around the middle half of the game. I started looking at that like data summary thing with all the definitions multiple times, thinking like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? I should also mention I don't really like sci-fi, so like the fact that this game was able to grab me is pretty impressive in and of itself. In general, I mean, like I do recommend the game. I think if you're into visual novels, I 100% recommend it in that regard. You know, sci-fi, time travel, all that stuff. I just think it's a little bit more confusing <laughs> than it could have been. And also, some of those routes are just bad. I think uh, Fiyu Saka, I think her name is, I did her one of... Uh, hers is like one of the last ones I did and my god that was one of the most boring experiences I've ever had in the game uh, and it kind of sucks because like there are other characters I genuinely like really loved going through their stories 
and then just like Fuyusaka was such a massive downgrade for me where I was just like, oh, I just want to finish this for the sake of finishing it. So yeah, I just think it has like those rough edges that could have been rounded out, but overall, like thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. I also, I was in the mood to shoot some demons. So I replayed Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, some of my favorite shooters of all time. Uh, Doom 2016 being one of my favorite games of all time in general. And I think it's interesting uh, looking online and stuff like it very much is kind of like a mixed thing of like preferring Doom 2016 or Eternal. I'm thoroughly on Doom. Like this replay kind of just told me it's like I do prefer 2016. I think it's a more well-rounded game. I personally like the art style more. I like the level design a little more. But I also completely understand liking Eternal more. I think Eternal has so many more demons, so many more levels. It has just more carnage in general. I think both games are absolute masterpieces, though. I think you need to go out there and play these games if you haven't already. Some of the best FPS campaigns of all time, if not the best, I I, I thoroughly recommend. In January. In January. There you go. I, I, Moon, I real quick, I, I know you played both Doom games. Do you have a preference for 2016 or Eternal? No, it's like you say, There's they both do different things so well that it's almost like in a way, not right to compare them Damn. because they yeah. just do things so differently, but yet somehow it's the same franchise. Uh, personally, maybe it's just because it's newer and I don't really replay stuff, so I don't really have any interest in replaying, but I do think I prefer Eternal just a little bit more. I They okay. turned up the color a little bit. I remember Doom 2016 being on the darker side of the color palette, yeah. so I think I prefer the lighter colors of Eternal, uh, the combat, and like special abilities you have like the grenade launcher and all that i think i just prefer those in eternal as well eternal does have some blights on it like uh the marauders uh the platform oh, i love marauders dude uh, the, the swimming so that swimming was dog shit the swimming yeah. the poison swamps like we're walking around slowly i'm like this is a doom game it's all about movement and you ha- you're slowing down my movement that's why it's, i hate it's marauders though because they you have to fight them in such a specific way it slows down how you play the game that's fair yeah um it's interesting yeah but overall i think i do prefer eternal maybe if i ever did replay 2016 maybe i would find something with it that i would like more but it's been so long since i played it and i don't really have time to replay games so i i'm just gonna call eternal i'm just gonna say eternal no that's completely fair i think both games again like have their merits i it's funny you say like you like the lighter art style i really i just slightly prefer the 2016 art style it just kind of had like a lot of that doom 3 aesthetic but also you know you know modernized it to just it has this gritty look to it i guess i'm just a sucker for like gritty looking games like 2016 one of the biggest design downgrades is the revenant because in 2016 that thing looked terrifying and then in eternal it just kind of looks a little goofy in my opinion even that, because I don't remember what they look like. It, it's like 2016. They genuinely looked like they could belong on a metal album cover, <laughs> and then in Eternal, it's just like, and they're very much lighter tones. But again, as you say, like just the combat, like the speed of it, like they're I'm replaying Eternal. There's just been so many points where I'm in the zone. I am jumping from enemy to enemy, chainsawing. Like they, I am playing the way that I feel the developers intended me to. But as you say. It's just those blights, like platforming. There was there was no need to have as much platforming as there was. There's no need to have those poison swamps or anything like that. The swimming, even then, I highly recommend both games. They are phenomenal. Um, something interesting. Both Jet and Bench 
have been playing Cyberpunk. I want to hear about this. Cyberpunk might be in my top 25 games of all time. Speaking of, do I want to say I dropped Starfield again because I got bored? Hell so yes, that was... that's my guy! Before, I'll beat it before the end of the year. And I beat Sea of Stars, I'd give it 8.5. I just really enjoyed my time with it, although there, I do have some more problems with smaller problems with it but yeah cyberpunk like i said top 25 of all time might be if it keeps up this pace and the dlc is even better just like the aesthetic of the game is so good just driving through the city picking up gigs and side jobs just going through the motions and clearing the map and then talking with the characters the world feels so alive and i'm invested in it and the combat is just absolutely incredible just like I can't think of many flaws with this game. Like the like the cop system is always fun. You're like they just pull up on you and they like defensive driving stuff. They'll try and slam you off the road, and it's just like so realistic. It's yeah, so fun. Maneuvers. Yeah, I'm just like drifting on the highway and whatever. Like I haven't been this sucked in where I'm just like regularly playing five or six hour sessions at a time. Every like now it's more only like two or three hours. I'll like just sit, and then I may get up a few times in between then. But like today alone, I played like five hours of Cyberpunk, and I'm gonna go back. It's just so good. Uh, Jada, I assume you're kind of like on the same wavelength. Oh yeah, yeah. So I beat the the main story. Like the way it works, is like because I I also got the Phantom Liberty DLC, and you can kind of like access it after a certain mission. And then I was doing both at the same time, where, like, I, I was doing a mission of Phantom Liberty, and then going back to the main story, and I gotta say, it's it's been a fun experience. Yeah, like, very much in line with what Bench was saying, but I, I personally enjoyed the Phantom Liberty DLC just as its own thing, like, more than the base game, just because I just feel like it had a more interesting story to tell, and... Uh, and in some parts of the main game, I felt like I was getting bored with some of the dialogue. Like, th- sometimes there's just too much dialogue, you know? Hell Phantom yeah, Liberty, too much dialogue, gang. <laughs> Phantom Liberty being better than the main game makes me very excited because I have not touched it yet. That's the thing is, though, I hear, like, all the upgrades and stuff that the Phantom Liberty did to the game is very good. But the overall, like, actual story of Phantom Liberty isn't that much better than the regular story. Yeah, well, know. yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, obviously, like, you know, some people like it more, like, I personally just, just like the, the premise of it more, because, yeah, it, it involves, like, like the president. Interesting. I, I will say, I played Cyberpunk at launch on my PS4. Great experience. <laughs> but one of my biggest issues was uh, regards to the RPG mechanics, like, as a role-playing game. Have any of those been tooled around, like not even from a gameplay standpoint, but more so from a story dialogue choice perspective? They completely redid perks. That's a completely new system. I do think it's a little more convoluted than it needs to be, but there's also like, it's, from what I hear, it's a lot better as well. And then I like, I'm starting, like, I'm getting in conversations where like the route I picked does lead to a little more of a better conversation. And, like, part of the perks that I level up, to be able to open this door instead of having to go a different way, and, like, I need a better, more tech skill, or the strength skill, so the points I'm putting into stuff do have more of an impact on what I'm able to interact with. 
Interesting. Uh, Jack, are you kind of on that wavelength? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like because I I played it like uh, when I played it, it. It's been a while since I first started it, and uh, at this point, like it was somewhat updated, better better than the launch version you you played for sure. But I would hope. But it was <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't fully there. And then yeah, I, I just I just kind of dropped it, and then. And yeah, like when I went in there, I forgot what the original system was, but like the perk system works pretty well. And yeah, the, the dialogue choices, like they really feel like there are consequences with things in this game. Consequences, yeah. The consequences was that I was, what I was personally looking for. I don't know. I'm going to have to find the time to like jump back into it. Uh, you do know I get that free PS5 upgrade. I still have my copy of the game, so I could just jump, throw it Does in it there. Does it come with an upgrade? I thought that was like the whole thing. PlayStation didn't have like an upgrade. No, 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 PS4, you get a free yeah. upgrade. Uh, I was asking the game is that. also the game is also just absolutely gorgeous. I'm playing on Series X with ray tracing, and it's just like I can't think. This is like one of the best looking games I've ever played. Oh, yeah, something it, different, different from Starfield. It's like it's this is first oh, person. God. And why'd you have to name looking, it again? <laughs> well, I'm I'm shitting on Starfield right now. Well, if you should be happy. That's, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm like, whenever I'm in a conversation in this game, it isn't just still faces. There's character interactions. People are doing stuff. People feel alive. It really helps the immersion. Um, Jet, you've also been playing oh, yeah. Batman Arkham Knights. Yes. So I, I played Arkham Asylum last year and then played city this year asylum still the better game wolf we can't let anyone else uh, say otherwise yes, finally i'm so sick of people saying city's better than asylum asylum's so much better <laughs> oh, city's better. no okay wait, wait what's the debate here okay I, I, hang on a small debate here I, asylum is a tighter design game i think city is just like an open world for the sake of it being an open world i don't like exploring that world as batman i, I just think the city is so cramped uh, that i feel like i can't really I mean, do the glide it's not really, that I really a city love. like it's not like a football well, i know it's not a well that's my thing though yeah. just in general it's not a city i know what you mean there but i just think in general like exploring that area is not nearly as interesting as kind of that metroidvania design of asylum i agree to disagree yeah, yeah. it was really nice spreading your wings as batman so to speak compared to like the super tight thought out Designs of uh, Asylum. That's fair enough. Also, because uh, Asylum's a Metroidvania, uh, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just have Metroidvania bias. Let's be real here. What about but Jack? Yeah, continue. Yeah. Oh yes. So yeah, about Arkham Knight. So this game I've been playing on Steam Deck looks very beautiful, and like, I, yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying it. It feels familiar, but there's this new thing they added: the Batmobile. Which it feels more like you're driving a tank than a Batmobile, and like some some of it's fun, some of it's fun, but sometimes I feel like the tank missions just become a little bit longer than they have to be because like I want to move and become Batman, you know, beat up the thugs again. Yeah, that's like the biggest complaint I was here about Arkham Knight is just everything involving the Batmobile. That's it, dude. Yeah. It's the reason I still haven't played it. Is very much like. My issue with City was the open world. The night's like, it's a bigger open world. It's like, no, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it went pretty hard it's with a the bad thing at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
and there's these like these investigation missions which you have to do where like Batman's like piecing together stuff like he finds this door he's like oh my god this is how how everything happened <laughs> interesting uh, I, need a, I need to jump into tonight one of these days I mean I might as well we still I have Origins still to play as well there's a lot of Batman <laughs> to get to yeah. right. and obviously we gotta get ready for Suicide Squad you know that's why oh, oh yeah god bless uh, Moon how, what have you been playing I'm still trudging away at Azure. Um, I think I'm over the halfway point now because I'm in chapter four and there's only five chapters and things are pinking up, but I won't go in much into it because spoilers and all that. Uh, but I'm definitely really enjoying it. It's probably going to be in my top five for the year, especially at least for 2023 releases because technically what? this is a 2023 release. <laughs> wait, wait. What? <laughs> Just, what? I feel like you've barely played and talked about this game. <laughs> Every time I see you talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm still playing it. And I was like, it's in the top five of the year. It's like, damn, okay. It's because finally the story picked up, and that seems to be a trails thing, is that it's a very slow burn at the beginning. Then once you get over like the halfway point, everything the shit starts hitting the fan, and you got like three different storylines all happening at the same time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, interesting. That's interesting. Man, you tell me, wait, so the story just doesn't pick up until the second half? Is it not good well, until then? It's it's more it's like you're living in the day to day stuff. You get like breadcrumbs of like what is the overarching story, and then you get over like the halfway point of like chapter three or so, and then everything just starts happening all at once. Like you're, it's actually very interesting. In like chapter three, you're literally doing your day to day like uh, missions of like the chores around the city, the quests, and all that. And all of a sudden, oh yeah, now we're suddenly the city is attack is under attack by terrorists <laughs> again. Suddenly the story is just picking oh, up yeah. after that. Is is the gameplay good? Uh, it's your still it's as about as try and true as all the other past trails games. So okay, so it's the same. For, yeah, it's the <laughs> same. But I know things change up a bit in Cold Steel because they went to like 3D and all that. So they, I'm guessing they changed a lot. I don't know we got the two other trails people here to confirm that. Yeah, and they're silently watching, <laughs> judging. Uh, it, kind of quiet. I'd say three and four changed the combat the most in the series so far but i know the upcoming daybreak game really takes things into a different like kind of combat yeah i know daybreak does cold steel one and two like differ much from like azure i'd say azure's better yes and no yeah i agree with bench but i'd say For cold steel one and two. i'd say three and four though Three and four, though, is they really changed a lot, and it's a lot more polished and refined, and it just feels better to battle. So I so just feel like the same. Yeah. 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 That is Cold Steel one and two also don't look great, but because they're Vita three games. Three and four, I think. Yeah, three no, and they four. Were, uh, I think yes, they look good. Well, Vita first. They were made for Vita, then ported. You're insane. <laughs> what? Hey, God, I gotta check that. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> okay. It was a portable-only series for a while, I think. Hey, real so. quick, question, question for the panel here. I went on how long to beat because I was curious. Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 60 and a half hour made story. Yeah, yeah that's a JRPG, all right. It's, it's like, I, I just like, come on, you can't, you can't tell the same story in 40 hours. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, not really. The way the Trails is formatted is so unique that it has to be drawn out like that. And it doesn't always feel like the super drama. I agree. 
No. But also, like, there, you can be faster than, like, I beat it in 45, 2 I beat in 30, 3 I beat in, that was 60, and then 4 was 60. Yeah, I think so two, two. Of the... Cold Steel 4 has, like, a time to beat of, like, <laughs> it's ridiculous, the time to beat, and I beat it in, like, 40 hours. Granted, it's me okay. we're talking about, but the fact that I'm able to beat it that fast is still saying a lot. <laughs> Hey, hey, your, uh, friends of Zero, how's it? Is Zero, sorry, sorry, I just want to mention this. So, as he said, um, so main story for Cold Steel 4 is 65 hours, and the main plus extra is 105. Big difference there. Oh my god, <laughs> what is the extra? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, you know, I'm just replaying the entire game. I, that I promise, you guys. I promise, I will play Trails in the Sky too. You know, the second game of the series. Meanwhile, over here, everyone else is on like the eighth. So, God bless. I'm actually on the tenth. Oh, okay. Oh, I, okay. My bad. <laughs> what a series. What a series. Jet, <laughs> Jet, please. My other JRPG, not hater, but like not as over the moon. <laughs> Dude, please tell yeah. me I'm not crazy for saying 60 hours is a lot of time for a video game. <laughs> Dude, there's a reason why I haven't started. I mean, I know you're a big fan of this one, Red Dead, because of the length, but... I get it. It's fair. It's a long game. Rockstar is the only one I'll be like, you know what? Go ahead. You can do whatever. Um, yeah. But, man, you've also... Is that all you wanted to say about Tros? Or Yeah, because that... everything else is like spoiler talk, so I can't really I get say you. much else. Yeah, but you got a demo here as well, Silent Hope. Yeah, Silent Hope, so I, that's, I checked it out, because demo, why not? Um... This was announced during the last Nintendo Direct. It looked kind of interesting, so I thought I'd check it out. It is definitely Hades on a budget. <laughs> like <laughs> um, gameplay, it's that roguelite system where you like you go in, you get as far as you can, you die, you go back out, reload, like try to buff everything, go back in. Uh, they try to make it a little different because you have like instead of different weapons like you would in Hades. Uh, you have, like, different characters. So you have, like, the warrior, the thief, the magician, all this other stuff. Uh, I've only played as the warrior so far. I, there's, like, I only played, like, maybe 30 minutes of the demo, and I know there's a bit more to it. So I'll probably do another round with some other characters. But the gameplay just feels clunky, and the graphics look like it's a mobile game. So it's not very enticing to play. It'll probably tickle some people's fancy, uh, for this, this definitely feels like Hades, we have Hades at home kind of thing. Oh, um, yeah, but it's Hades cute. at home is still Hades, <laughs> yeah. So, I would say at least check out the demo if you're looking for a Hades substitute, like uh, until Hades 2 comes out, at least it might be up your alley. You might be able to ignore the uh, the like it feels I don't, I've never, I haven't looked into the studio that makes it. Maybe it's like their first game or something, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's. It's neat, but it's nothing you're like, oh, I gotta go play this right now. <laughs> uh, so breaking news, as Moon was talking, uh, Bench brought this to my attention. Coming from Tom Warren over on Twitter, the FTC says it will continue its fight against Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. The appeal argument is scheduled for December 6th, and the FTC will also continue with its own administrative hearing. And then he brings uh, in this quote, Microsoft and Activision's new agreement with Ubisoft presents a whole new facet to the merger that will affect American consumers, which the FTC will assess as part of its ongoing administrative proceedings. At spokeswoman Victoria Graham, the FTC continues to believe this deal is a threat to competition. 
Oh, God so, bless you. So where taxpayer money is going. God bless you, FTC. I respect the hell out They, of they can still <laughs> defeat them. I think it's like, I genuinely do think it's just a show of power to say, like, we're going to try to stop it. But, man. I mean, while true, <laughs> it's also the negative effect of it, like the opposite, where if you keep getting... They have no argument, by the way. And if you keep doing this nonstop with no argument, and you're supposed to be protecting the public, like you look kind of like clowns in front of the world, yeah. and you're gonna keep doing so. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's a ninety percent chance makes, they're gonna lose this. <laughs> if it keeps making them look worse and worse, then we're having less. Like they're gonna have less opportunity to argue against things that have better arguments. Like say Apple buys Disney, <laughs> like you know they're gonna they're gonna look less. I guess comp competent in being able to block that it's just i don't know this is a wild <laughs> like I, i'm surprised they're going into this they it's interesting they specifically outlined the whole ubisoft thing because if you remember ubisoft said like oh we'll handle the cloud gaming thing that was kind of the thing that the cma really wanted to uh kind of maneuver with microsoft in that regard well so i think that so now the question is though, <laughs> does this delay the the finality of the deal or is no. it still going no the deal's the, the, the deal's, deal's closed <laughs> yeah okay. there's no, which, which, if you want to get into it, it the deal's going to be closed and if they start adding stuff to game pass they're just going to make themselves in a better position than they already were <laughs> like this is such a waste of time and effort on everybody i love the idea of like say in an alternate universe the ftc wins this appeal um what happens are they just like okay give Microsoft back, back give back yeah, activision do. blizzard <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? bobby kotick yeah, has to come back rest. to work that's exactly what right, bobby kotick's like fine <laughs> i forgot what the example was before but um they did have it before where they did win and they had the the company had to divest, uh, divest each other uh okay gotcha that makes sense uh god bless you ftc now i'm excited to see more court proceedings I'm not, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to pay attention to it. Um, like, it's clear how that's going to turn out. I guess that's everything in regards to the news, you know, the extra news story. But now, uh, you want everything me to throw in an ed- another extra news story real quick? Oh, here we go. Let's see it. Um, so this is more like hearsay, but it's at least someone mildly credible. Uh, so kind of bouncing off that Best Buy story we were talking about earlier regarding... Um, that they're going to be stop carrying movies and all that. But then the CEO of limited run games comes out on Twitter and says, I've also heard rumblings that Walmart is going to stop carrying physical Xbox games coming into the new year. And that they'll probably slowly start re- reducing the video game uh, sections of their stores, which it also in lies, which is already tiny, <laughs> uh, which is all, which in lies with some things I've also heard. Cause I'm in the retail space about Walmart redesigning a lot of their stores and they're going to be reshifting around a lot of stuff. So if it's true that this is on the horizon, that they're already have plans to like reduce their video game section. And so that's going to be all part of their like a uh, remodel plans for a lot of their stores. So everything kind yeah. of falling into place that this probably is going to, this is the first like couple dominoes of uh, video games really kind of falling out of brick and mortar stores. And it's also an important thing to know um, specifically Xbox games they've been shifting farther and farther from physical. So it's not too surprising that they're the first ones to go there. Yeah. It's going to be weird though, going into like a Walmart store and be like, Hey, here's your switch games. Here's your PlayStation games. That's it. (laughs) 
Hell yes. Finally, a store for me. I'm going to only <laughs> shop at Walmart. All right. <laughs> Enough Xbox bashing. It's time that we get us home. Yeah, so this is actually going to be one of our shorter episodes. I'll see, we guys, we can do shorter episodes if we really want to. And the only way we do that is well, I mean, there was like three news, news stories. stories. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I was about to say, we can only accomplish it with news stories that kind of be like, yeah, cool. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so hope you all guys enjoyed. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that other good stuff on all of our platforms. And we'll be tuning in next week when uh, a lot of us will probably be booting up either Mario Wonder or Spider-Man. Because, uh, that's yeah, that's coming out next week. It's this time next week, we'll be playing it. Crazy to uh, think. It's Spider-Man for me. I'm sorry. Very it's Spider-Man for me. Not sure. Mario. Oh! <laughs> yeah, Jet. Pull the Mario flag. <laughs> we got we got two Spider-Mans. We got two Marios. Let's see how this comes out next week. All right. So I uh, hope you all guys have a good night. And thank you for giving a slice of your time to a slice of gaming podcast. Say good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, are you awesome? Huh?